sense. But uh, no, I kind of the, the the flipping was a little like I said risky risky for me at the because I kind of the, the first one I tried. So that you know to your point with the obstacles, I hit that first kind of barrier in yeah. it, and I went uh, maybe I need to switch. Who knows? Maybe pivoted. I just, yeah, yeah, yeah well, I just pivoted. Huge, that's a skill set in itself, like being able to yeah. pivot versus being you know buckling or 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 you know just putting your hands up against the wall and walking away like so then after that i just kind of started putting a game plan together how do, how could i stay in the industry i felt real estate was where uh, a lot of wealthy people had kind of made their original uh you know wealth or, or you know uh had built a lot of assets from that any words that you would share any encouragement for someone who's starting out doesn't matter what type of business as an entrepreneur is anything you could share with them or maybe going through something in their life mm-hmm. like yourself did that yeah you know, that knock people and keep them on their ass maybe Welcome back to another episode of the Professional Risk Takers. We're your hosts, Lorenzo and Matt. And as always, every week, we're bringing you back the best value in the business. And tonight, there's no shortage of business talk with Drew Knox in the house. He's a local entrepreneur. He's a real estate agent and investor. And I love the fact, Drew, we live in the same neighborhood, but Drew also has a local cannabis store right here in Bowmanville. And he's absolutely doing great things in our little town here so drew welcome to the show thank you very much for being a guest yeah, yeah, thanks for having me guys man. appreciate it yeah, man. appreciate yeah. having you here yeah so there's you know we, had, we were talking off uh off the air there a little bit there's a lot of ground to cover yeah. um so just bring us up to speed you know the real estate agent investor how did that happen and then bring us you know to what's happening today um so i guess uh, how my story kind of starts is uh, just when I was young, I kind of started wanting to get into real estate. I started watching uh, house flipping shows, you know, yep. HGV, HGTV stuff and uh, try to flip a house uh, when I was younger. Uh, me and my father got in on one together. Um, we kind of were doing it during a flat market and it didn't really pan out at the time. Yep. Uh, we obviously didn't really know what we were doing. Um, you know, as, as a lot of new business at the beginning, you're not really sure where you're going and what direction right. to head in. Right. Um, so I did that and I ended up living in the house for a little bit and I kind of took some different, uh, choices and directions as far as my, my business career went and I got myself into some trouble and, um, basically, uh, ended up doing some jail time behind that. And, uh, when I got out is when I got serious about, about my uh, real estate business. Mm -hmm. And uh, after that I got, so I got my real estate license. So basically when the flipping didn't go anywhere, I kind of wanted to figure out how could I still be a fly on the wall? Um, After I had kind of gone in and, and made my, my, my poor decisions I had made, not, not something I'm proud of, but uh, something that definitely happened and helped shape me uh, and put me to where I am today. So Mm -hmm. um, that kind of, what that showed me what I didn't want to do and where I yeah, didn't want to be right. and where I didn't want to go. Um, so then after that, I just kind of started putting a game plan together. How do, how could I stay in the industry? I felt real estate was where uh, a lot of wealthy people had kind of made their original, uh, you know, wealth or, mm-hmm. or you know, uh, had built a lot of assets from that. So I kind of figured out how was I going to be a fly on the wall that was to become an agent because I didn't know how else to, you know, hang around in the mail room or do whatever I had to do to be a part of it. Right. Um, so, so that's what I did when I got out. Uh, you know, and I got to credit my father on this because uh, actually, actually, I got my license right before I went in to do my time. So I got, I got, I got arrested earlier. I kind of stopped, cleaned up my life. But then when I went to go do my time, I had actually already had my license. 
So while I was in there, we closed a deal that was um, (laughs) online. We got a lead from our website from a Bangladeshi couple and they uh, ended up buying a condo in Toronto, like a seven figure condo. And at the time they were offering like 7% commissions and this was different, different real estate markets. This is while you were in there? This is while I was in there. And you want me asking how old were you at this time? Uh, I was 28. Okay. Okay. Late twenties. Got you. Um, I was 26 kind of when it all started and I got arrested. Then from there I was good. But by the time it all came through Mm -hmm. and I had to go, you know, pay my debt, uh, I was 28. And, um, yeah, so basically, um, you know, we closed that deal while we were in there and it was a 7% commission. Like I said, it was different, different market than we've been in the last, whatever, 10 years or so. Um, but so that was a huge motivator for me. So while I was in there, you know, we came home with a commission check that was, you know, and I, and I know my old man had kind of, he was, he, he was hoping that was going to, you know, he kind of called me and was like, we close a deal. Like, yeah. you know, and, and I had started when <laughs> I was good out, news kinda, while you were in there. Yeah, right? right. It was, it was a, it was a inspiration. It was some motive motivation. So while oh, I was yeah. in there, I was like, oh man, that's the way, you know, there's yeah. where I can go get after, you know, uh, the other way I was doing it was just stupid because they just take everything from you in the, in the long run. If you're in, in, you know, the way it ends up going in the long run anyway. So that kind of real gave me some motivation, some fire. So when I got out, um, I hit the ground running, um, but I still didn't really know what I was doing business wise. Um, and so I was just a, I was just a sales salesperson, you know, kind of, and I built a six figure real estate business behind that. Um, it was a good time for me cause I was coming into my thirties and a lot of my friends were buying houses. Nice. So that was just good timing in that yep. sense for me. Um, but I didn't structure anything right. I didn't build a team. I didn't, you know, I, I didn't build a business that I could sell. Uh, nothing like that. So that, that was just kind of my first introduction to at least making some money. And then that allowed me to, to get into some rental properties because then I had some education about the markets and where to buy and where not to buy. And then obviously I, I used my license to give me, give me a leg up there. Right. And I bought some, um, uh, single family homes, converted the basements into legal duplexes, Nice. uh, built up a little bit of a portfolio there. Um, and then that's how I kind of ended up rolling into the cannabis business. It's kind of, you know, just always, you know, so the common thread here for me is, is what I've realized as I've gotten older is I wasn't sales as a way to get in, but really it was an entrepreneur. Even yeah. from when I was making the poor yeah. decisions, yeah. Uh, I still had an entrepreneurial spirit. Mm-hmm. Right. I just kind of, uh, you know, went a different route with it. But so that's kind of was always so, you know, the real estate thing was great. It was never my, my plan to be a long, you know, lifelong salesman. Um, not that I have anything wrong with that at all. I just obviously kind of was business interested in how could I start a you know, an actual company and do some other things. And mm-hmm. then COVID popped up. Right. Okay. And then during that time, it really highlighted for me, I was, I was self-employed. So it was all good. It wasn't like I was out of work. Right. Um, but it highlighted to me that you need to have more than one Avenue and one stream of income. Right. Um, I agree. You know, so that was what really, and then, and then the, one of the few places that didn't shut down were the cannabis shops in town. Right. Can, can I ask, and this might be a stupid question. Um, feel free to answer how you want. Did you having like a, uh, a history or a record with this give you any obstacles when getting into this industry? It right. definitely prevented me. One hundred percent. Yeah, yeah. I figured, and, and and it's it's not an easy process when that happens. Like, maybe, I mean, my own father has has the same sort of. It took him twenty five years to be able to get back into the states. Right. Uh, a good buddy of mine, you know, got found with something once, and good guy runs mm-hmm. his own business house, stand up dude, and like to this day or till, till up until last year, couldn't go to the states, and just it's un, it, beyond the jail time. It brings unnecessary problems and, and, and speed bumps in life that, you know, could have been avoided. So just, I figured I, I didn't know for sure how that, you know, would have affected you, but 
I had maybe an idea, so I just wanted to. <laughs> just wanted to yeah, ask. no, absolutely. Uh, traveling to the U.S. is is it was a thirteen year battle for me to get my U.S. Yeah, waiver yeah. to get back uh, down there. Um, I got denied a couple times and yeah. a lot of money spent and a lot of time. And uh, you know, I wouldn't advise it. It, 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 it. it I wasted a lot of time going that route. I learned I learned a lot about myself, which is probably the most important thing I think yeah, I took away from that. And that's you know where, what? That's and you I was, gonna go I was just going to say, like, you didn't. You know, while you were there in there, now that you're out, considering you had this record, you know for lack of better words, working against you, you still found a way to succeed in business mm-hmm. in a, in an industry that a lot of people would probably, you know, just say, screw it. This isn't going to work for me. Right. You, you, uh, you obviously like, you know how you have that, you had that fire in you, you had the drive and the ambition to make it work, which is, you know, speaks volumes to your character. Um, and you know, just, I, I wouldn't, I wouldn't let that go over your own head and anyone else watching, right? Like the, yeah. it may seem like an obstacle, but there's always a way if, if you look for it. And, and that's what I want to touch on too, a little bit there, Drew, like, you know, one thing that we do talk about is like anytime like life throws you a curveball and you go through an experience that, you know, that's adverse. I, we always highlight the fact there's a lesson in there somewhere. Mm-hmm. And if you miss the lesson, it served no purpose. But if you get the lesson, I was going to ask, like, was there a lesson that you could take from that experience? You know, I know there's probably many lessons, but something that like really drove you to now, like I'm changing my life. Um, making money in jail. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah uh, that was obviously a huge motivator for sure. <laughs> yeah. uh, for me, for me, to be honest, it was family. It was yep. support. Um, I wasn't willing to uh, keep pushing them away in that sense. Um, yeah. I had people behind me, which I think a lot of people don't. Yes. Um, and and so I wasn't willing to just kind of uh, you know spit in the face of that. Yep. And and that was a big thing for me. It was was about my family. My family's important to me still to this day. You know, my my own my own. Uh, my own household, but also my extended family. And, uh, yeah, so that, that was my, that was my biggest motivator. You know, I was letting people down. I was disappointing them. And then in in turn, disappointing myself and letting myself down at the end of the day. And, uh, you know, I, I really got to thinking about it and it was also from a business standpoint of view, it didn't make any sense. You, you built something up, you work for it. And then when they pull the rug out from underneath you and, and, you know, when the government decides they're going to, you know, take something or you're not supposed to have it, you, that's how it goes. So, um, you know what I mean? I wanted to build something that um, I could, I could, I could pass on to my children. Legacy that I could keep. Legacy, something that was, you know, something you could be proud of too, right? And a right. lot of that other stuff I was doing, you had to run around hiding behind things and mm. lying to people, and uh, so you couldn't, couldn't really be proud of. Where as I, you know, there is still a business aspect to it. So I just needed to, I needed to take that skill set and, and do it to something more productive because there's, uh, there was obviously, and there is. So you had good self awareness to too, right? You know, and, and much respect in, into your comment and what, and what you just said there, because a lot of people could have just, you know, in that lifestyle per se, could have stayed there or, and just not been able to pull themselves out of it. And I think it's something that is admirable for someone to like say, no, this is not the route I'm taking. I'm responsible to people and I'm changing my life course. That takes a lot of will. And I think it takes a lot of guts too, to do that, to be honest with yourself. So I, I that's something that I admire for sure, and, man. And you could, you could also use, people would also just use it as an excuse. hundred percent. Like laziness is, is not, not well, this is my life now. So right? some, some <laughs> yeah, some people might go back to it. Some people in your case, you know, you used it for, you know, you learned from it, you got stronger, you've, you used the adversity, uh, to move further in life. But a lot of people, they may not go forward. They may not go back, but they right. stay stagnant. You know, right. it's just, they say, Oh, I can't do this. Uh, I'll, you know, just they, they get complacent with where they're at because of the because of what had happened versus, you know, fighting against the odds. So, yeah. So no, good on you. Thank yeah. you, man. Yeah. No, I couldn't agree more. 
<clears throat> one thing I want to talk about is the uh, the house flipping. So that's something I've I've done with my dad too. Like he was a real estate agent as well, and uh, in my teen years, I, I get you know, come you're gonna help me do some tiling and stuff like that, right? Is that something you still passionate about? Do you still do any flips, or is that something that you did do and like it's, that's kind of history? Um, I don't. I haven't done any in a while. I kind of. Yeah. It was a hybrid form in the sense of doing the basements because there was kind of a flip aspect to that, right? right. You buy a single family home, you get the permits, you legalize it, yeah. renovate the basement. I just yeah, held yeah, on. Add value. Yeah. 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 Add value, right? I you know squeezing some equity into it. So uh, mm-hmm. we you know I didn't. I held on to them though because I I felt I was young and it wasn't time to keep selling them. Uh, flipping to me because I had done it in a flat market. I know a lot of guys were doing it in these uptrending markets and, uh, you know, it's all great when markets heading up, right? right. It's when it's going down and flat that you'll see, see that business is a little bit, uh, riskier in my Correct. opinion at the time. Correct. So I didn't want to take that risk on. Right. Um, so I kind of got out of the flipping, um, uh, and then I got into that kind of long-term buy and hold and with the hybrid of flipping, cause I was yep. converting them into duplexes. Yep. I had my sales income on the side. So I wasn't really too worried about that kind of being a, a, a source of income. Um, I timed it well. I mean, I was buying those houses in 2015, mm-hmm. um, and, and I got five of them and, uh, the market obviously did what it's been doing over the last little bit. So that was just, I got lucky there in that sense. But uh, no, I kind of, the, the the flipping was a little, like I said, risky, risky for me at the, cause I kind of, the, the first one I tried. So that, you know, to your point with the obstacles, I hit that first kind of barrier and yeah. then I went, uh, maybe I need to switch. Who knows? Maybe pivoted. I just, yeah. Yeah. yeah well, I just pivoted. But that's a skill set in itself, like being able to yeah. pivot versus being, you know, buckling or, 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 you know, just putting your hands up against the wall and walking away. Like even not, Actually, I, similar experience, just really quickly. Like, I, I bought a second property a couple of years ago, and, like, the financing was just, like, a mess. Like, things just weren't working out, man. Problem after problem after problem. And it's just, like, it was just, all I could do was just pivot, 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 figure it out, figure it out. Whereas some people just throw in the towel, right, and just, fuck it, I'll try something else. So, again, that's, a, that's another skill set you've, that, you, yeah. that you have, maybe without, maybe without even knowing it. And, I, and, I, and we know you're still in real estate, so you can talk about what you're doing now. But yep. it's a good story that, you know, you, you tried something. You didn't like it, but you still kind of like the industry. So you figured out what did work. Yeah, I believed in the industry and I always have. And I still do. I mean, right. real estate is a fantastic way to build yeah. wealth yeah, and uh, sure. a portfolio. So I just had to figure out another way that I could do it that made me comfortable. Because uh, there's there's obviously more than one way to, to skin a cat in that mm-hmm. industry. But I knew real estate was a was a way to, was a good, uh, you know, vehicle for wealth, wealth driving, right? So yep. what, one of the great qualities that like entrepreneurs, like solid entrepreneurs have is that staying power. You know, it's, it's not an easy road when you, when doesn't matter what kind of industry or business that you you're in or you run, you're going to find, you're going to find yourself in hot water at one point or another, because it's, it, it is what it is. There's, there's things, there's obstacles that you didn't think of or that come your way. But one thing for entrepreneurs that are successful long-term, it's that staying power, you know, write it out. I remember my dad going through the recessions, like he always, yeah, he did fix and flips, but he held properties and rented them out. And I can remember times you know, especially in the, in the nine, early nineties when then the big recession hit, just had to hold on, you know? And I remember feeling that and I was, I was young then. And I saw that, I saw like the effect it had. Right. But again, staying power. And then it, in the, in the long run, it worked out. Right. Or a lot of people don't, don't stick it out. Yeah. A hundred percent. I find uh start now that I've started kind of multiple businesses uh, outside of just my real estate stuff. Uh, you're filled with self. I'm in my experience, you know, you get filled with self-doubt at the beginning of these projects, 100%. man, because you got a million reasons why it's not going to work and how <laughs> yeah. it's not, you know, and you got to have some belief to keep it moving forward. Big Otherwise you, you know, I, I could find a, a hundred reasons to fold, fold up and move on. So yeah, no, I think it's, it's, it's absolutely paramount for entrepreneurs to kind of have a bit of that. 
And, and on that point, it's like, I always ask myself the question, you know, what's the alternative? If I do end up either folding on this project or whatever, or this endeavor, what's the alternative? And sometimes I don't like the alternative. Mm -hmm. The alternative maybe is, isn't the right right way either. That's it, man. It's uh, going back to that job that, that, I, ain't that I left happening. in the first place. That's it, right? <laughs> ain't so, happening, yeah, no, right? For sure, 100%. So now you're wearing an Austin, Texas shirt with some good reason. We mm -hmm. talked a little bit about this before the show. Yeah. So tell us a little bit of what's happening in Texas for you right now. Um, so uh, I started... Uh, an Airbnb arbitrage business kind of led me down my parents uh, vacation after year in Florida. So that's what kind of got me started down there. I met up with some snowbird investors and uh, they were kind of talking about buying real estate in the area. And that's how, how it got started down there. I wanted mm -hmm. to have a vacation home for my family to go down to and uh, Airbnb it out in the time when, when I'm not there. Right. That was my plan. Um, but then when I got down there, Florida prices, you know, they're, they're a little more affordable than up here, but with the conversion rate, you know, they ended up being around the same. So I had the same issues I had up here, which was you needed to come up with six figure down payments yeah, plus mortgage financing and qualify. And this is in a foreign country, um, which I did mention, I've had some issues getting down there. So I don't know how yep. friendly all that was going to go for me. Mm. And then I stumbled across Airbnb arbitrage, which uh, I'm not sure how, how much your viewers are familiar with it, but no, basically- no, explain it, yeah. Yeah, yeah, take us down that road, please. Basically, uh, you're, you're subletting. I'm, I'm leasing properties and then I'm releasing them out on, on Airbnb or short-term rental sites, not specifically just Airbnb. Question. So when you do that lease, like, do you have to disclose that you're going to be doing that? Yes. Okay. I mean, you, I mean, whether you have to or not, maybe, but you, I, you would, you should. Okay. I don't want to want it to be completely upfront and everybody right. to understand what's going I, on. That's, what that I'm was doing. my assumption. Yeah, okay, cool. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. So, um, and then obviously Florida, Texas were huge uh, landlord friendly states. That's number one, because obviously the way, uh, you know, our, our Ontario laws specifically, um, they're, they're challenging for real estate investors. I'm an agent, man. I deal with investors, um, you know, and, and I see the tenant side of a lot of things too. And, you know, the prices on rents have gone up, but it, it's just not that business friendly up here uh, in the province, in my opinion. So uh, the U.S. obviously a lot different, eviction times a lot shorter, um, you know, so Florida, Texas, to bring that back around, um, I started connecting with some other people in the industry. Mm -hmm. And uh, I, I, uh, a guy I know, I went down there to meet him, shadow him for a little bit. He had uh, 30 plus units in Austin, Texas. Um, I know another guy who's got, I think, 100 plus units in Dallas. So some of these guys were scaling these uh, large, you know, um, and obviously it's all over the U.S. So the U.S. just huge way larger market yeah, it is. funding's it's easier to get that I've been finding. Actually, it's funny you see that. So we're out in a different conversation I had today about the funding here in Ontario. And we're talking about in the U S and that was one thing that one of the guys was talking to is like in the U S it's, it's, I don't know if I, I'm not qualified to say if it's different, but he says it's a lot easier. Is that true to get funding down there? Uh, yeah. So with this, I haven't had to get any funding yet. Okay. Um, but from what I'm hearing and I'm seeing from other people I've met, it absolutely is, is easier okay. to get. You can do things down there that I'm trying to explore right now, like purchasing an old, so right now I, I got, I got what's called my ITIN. I got my EIN number, which is a registration for my business. Mm -hmm. And then I got an ITIN, which is an individual tax ID number because you can't get a social security number as a Canadian down there. Right. Um, and that's what they need to start building a credit history and to get you in there. Um, and since I'm so new, I don't, I don't have any history obviously. Right. Right. Um, but you can buy old LLCs with a history that oh, have really? like eight years of history in them. Okay. And then you can go and then use that 
company. No so the point is, there's just way more creative uh, options down there. That's for, so cool. You know, man. I'm not even going to pretend to know the ins and outs of it, but yeah. you know, I just from what I what I've heard and seen from a lot of guys, there's way more options than. Are you trying to? You know, short term, short term or long term. Are you trying to stay in the states? Or are you? Are, would you? Would you be interested in doing this worldwide if you could? Yeah. So I signed up one in Tulum, Mexico already. Um, this week I'm in talks to do another one in Cabo. Um, I know guys are doing it in Dubai. I gotta have a conversation with you off after yes. about this about something. Same. But yeah, continue. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Just remind me. Of course. Me, of course. Yeah. Um, and 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 to be honest, sometimes these uh, other countries have even less regulations than. Yeah, uh, yeah, yeah. You know, you guys probably heard what's happened in New York. They just put those regulations in place that for the Airbnbs. They kind of shut the whole mm, industry yes. down within the city. Uh, up here in Toronto, we got uh, like six month. Uh, you can only rent it for 180 days, I believe, um, a short term. Otherwise, you got to do like a medium term rental. So. You know, that's obviously a concern and a risk of when mm-hmm. you start an Airbnb business in any town, whether that's going to happen. Now, places like, say, Mexico, for example, or Dubai, they're welcoming them, um, you know, so it's a different, uh, you know, it's a different market for that there. So I definitely wanted to get my my eggs in more than in one basket. So I did some in the U.S., but then to diversify, like I said, I'm, I'm going a little yeah, further. Yeah, you can south. get feelers that way, right? Like, you know, areas that you don't mm-hmm. want to be in, areas that you do. And, I'm, and yep. you know, as time, go, as time goes on, I'm sure demographics change too. So, I mean, if you can get experience in Canada, in America, in the Caribbean, like the, your skill set essentially just goes up at that point. Yeah, yeah. And, and with the Airbnb business, it also, uh, Mexico, for example, is a lot of vacationers. So that's what people are there yeah, for. Yeah. So the property that I get that I'm getting in Dallas, Texas, um, you know, they're not necessarily, some people are vacationing obviously to Dallas, Texas, but some people are just there for work or visiting family Mm -hmm. or, you know what I mean? So diversify, I've got a couple in Omaha, Nebraska as well, which oddly enough, I kind of just fell backwards into and Omaha, Omaha, Nebraska is not a tourist destination. I've talked to a bunch of guys and like, you're where, what are you doing in Omaha? Um, but you know, it's one of the top, uh, I didn't realize there's as many fortune 500 companies as there is in Omaha. It's I think the fifth city for traveling nurses. Um, the meta data centers there, um, or one of them, um, you know, so, uh, there's more, there's just a ton of different ways. It's not always travelers, but when you can diversify and get into these different city centers, Mm -hmm. you know, and then also have some vacation rentals, it it just diversifies the whole strategic. So do you, do you, personally go and travel and explore these cities or are, are there cases where you don't even go and you just kind of, yeah. yeah. So, uh, yeah. Cause I, I know there's investors that do both. Sometimes yeah. They just mm-hmm. fork up the cash and they do it. They, 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 they crunch the numbers on a screen and yes yeah. or yes or no. Right. Yeah. There's lots of different ways. Um, there's companies out there will do all this turnkey for you. Yeah. You know, you can just show up and they'll have it furniture. Everything's there for you. Um, but obviously that comes with a price tag. Yeah, yeah, so yeah. to answer your question, the first two I've done, I, I've never set foot in Omaha, Nebraska. I was going to, okay. Wow. Yeah. I've never been there. Um, I got ring doorbell cameras that show me what the weather's like there. Um, yep. I had a team member of mine, um, shout out to Sherry. She went down there and, uh, helped me set it up. Her and her husband, um, set up my first one with me, really helped me get my feet wet. And then once I set up a team down there, now I got cleaners, I got a handyman. Mm-hmm. That's um, it, man. I got that's, local that's movers. How you do it. Um, yes. so now I got a team and then that's, then the next one went uh, a little bit smoother. Um, just because I had learned from a little bit from the first one there. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, then I set the second one up and uh, I got a better home on the second one too. So then that made a little more sense. And I did it during the slow season. So I kind of got in at the at the worst time of this, you know, Omaha's got snow like us. They yes. might have even got worse snow than us. Um, so yeah, after that, uh, this, this, the uh, busy season's coming up here in the summer because they got baseball, the corn huskers and all that kind of stuff going mm-hmm. on. So, but no, the first two I set up without even checking them out. Um, then Texas, I went down and, and saw, and I've toured and now been to see the area. I, I, in a perfect world, you, you want to go down and see the yeah. place. You know what I mean? I mean? For, for sure. On that note though, and I just want everyone 
listening and watching to hear this too, is like the power of having a team. And why I'm mm-hmm. saying that is I, so I, I mentioned before I, uh, I had a condo, a second property. I just sold it, but I had it, I owned it for about two and a half years. Uh, I only went down there to close the deal. Like it was a pre-construction condo. I only went, I signed the paper and I met a property manager and gave him the key and I came home from that day until a month ago when I sold it, I had it, he had it rented out for me. He took pictures, posted it online, found the tenants, collected the money, sent me the money, or did the, did the repairs. I paid the bill. If there, if, if there was any sold it for me and sent me the money for the cash sale. So like, and that was just one guy that was just a property manager. I mean, he has a business for that, but it just goes to show like you don't have to be everywhere at once. You Correct. shouldn't be everywhere at once. If you do, you can't scale like that. Sure. You may have to go to Omaha, Nebraska to build these relationships and go to Texas to build these networks and, you know, introduce yourself and meet these people. But you don't want to be, and you shouldn't be doing everything. Mm-hmm. If, and if you do have a team, like that's how you, that's how you're going to be able to grow this arbitrage portfolio is building teams in different cities. And it's just like, I mean, I was making 1700 bucks a month from, from this guy. And I didn't even know who lived there. I had no idea what his name was. I wasn't even supposed to know, yeah, just, yeah. but it just goes to show like you find someone to do the job for you. Yeah. You can do other things. Yeah. Starting the, uh, starting the cannabis shops. So I, you know, like I've said before, I went from being a individual solo real estate agent and the next kind of major, you know, I, I'd had the rental properties. I had a property manager and stuff starting to help me with that. Cause I ended up, I won't go into that story, but I got sued basically over a slip and fall. And then I kind of, I was managing myself at that time. And yeah. I kind of said, mm, I'm going to, you know, delegate that to someone else. Cause I wasn't doing a good enough job. And that's why I obviously got myself into that, that issue yeah. that all got sorted out and it was all good. But that was my first little step into realizing I need team. Then I got into the cannabis industry and that's when I really realized you got to systemize things. Yes. You know, yes. I had to hire the right team. I had to build out SOPs. Um, yep. You know, I hired a, a, an amazing manager and still working with us today. And she helped us get that second location. Uh, she was paramount in that. So, uh, and the team, you know, even right down to our, our front desk staff, like they're, the energy uh, is, is amazing in my opinion in, the, in, the, in our store. And it goes a long way to keeping our customer retention yep. up. And, uh, and, and again, for me being able to step, step away from the business and scale, like you, you yep. said, and get, get a few different locations going. So yeah, the, I've, I learned the, that a lot from that. The biggest, you know, if anyone ever asks like, what's the best way to scale a business? And my answer is always going to be the, the one word delegate. Yep. You have to delegate the, the, to the right people, obviously, but you have to delegate, let them run with what they're assigned to do, what they're good at doing. Because what you were just saying too, like if you try to wear all the hats, you try to do all the things that's when trouble happens because you can't do it all. Yeah. Like realistically, one person can't. Not only will you burn out, but you'll miss things and make mistakes. Yeah. And you're not going to be the best at everything. You're there. There are people out there that are better than you at doing some things. And those are the people you should find. Like, I don't want to be the electrician and the plumber and the HVAC guy. So and like, you know, find someone who's a master electrician and let him deal with it. You know, and that's just an example in my industry, but same thing goes for real estate and, yeah. and any business is find someone better than you. Yeah, that's what I always say. Like, I don't want to be the best at everything. No, I I, I couldn't agree more, man. And it's actually come back full circle with that lesson you guys are talking about right there. Because then the Airbnb industry, it's all about delegating in teams. Like, Mm -hmm. I'm not even I'm not even there. Most like like I said, never even set foot in Omaha. Mm -hmm. I got virtual assistants now. I got three of them working for me in the Philippines. um, That kind of help with a lot of the customer. communication, right. um, expense tracking, all that kind of stuff. So they've been, that's been paramount too, where years ago I would have never even thought of incorporating that, but it's been yep. slowly got to build up that knowledge where you're more comfortable with every step of the way, you know, that that's you're so able cool. to, to end up kind of where you're at at the time. So t- two key words that I'm taking away from all this, mm-hmm. and I hope everyone else is, is teams and systems, mm-hmm. right? Teams and systems, teams and systems, teams and systems. Like you need those in place because then that you, that's, that's 
that's how the machine runs. You build the machine and then the machine, essentially the goal is to make itself running, right? These, these big fortune 500 companies that you're talking about, these, these companies on the S and P 500, like it's not one guy just telling everything that there's, there's levels of seniority. There's, there's, everyone has their jobs and their duties and it's just, it, it, it runs. It's, right. It literally is a machine, right? Yeah. So that's yeah, great. Absolutely. Any, any, any solid business that considered a business should be able to run without you there. Yeah. Exactly. That's the, that's the ultimate that's, goal. That's the ultimate goal, right? That was my goal starting the cannabis shop was yeah. I wanted that store to be able to run and be profitable yep, without me there. Yep. And, you know, and for whatever reason, whether I want to sell it one day or I want to be able to recreate it and do another one because I can't be in 10 different stores at the same time. Right. So right out of the gate, I had that vision that it needed to be able to run without, without me there. Yeah. And yeah. to, Go ahead. Sorry. No, I was going to say, otherwise it just becomes a job and you're not, it's not a business, not you're running, you're not running a business anymore. Yeah, absolutely. Right. And, and you know, like I, all my projects I've done have been behind passion. You know, I love it. I'm, I'm, that's what really drives me. If I started working the, you know, punching the clock and working the desk, that's where you, you lose its luster, man. Yeah. You yeah. suck the joy out of it. Right. So yeah. it's uh yeah, no, absolutely. One, one thing I do want to make clear is though, um, like, cause I'm, I feel the same. I know you do is like, we want to build these businesses where we're not there and we can make money and they are functioning. But a key takeaway there is we're not, we don't want to not be there just to have free time. It's not, it's not, it's not so we can vacation. Yeah. We want to have flexibility over our time and more decisions over our time, but essentially and ultimately it's so that we can be doing other things, building other businesses, you know, going to look at more real estate, being able to do these shows. It's not to just kick back on your couch and, you know, some other people are running the, running the show for you. It, it, it frees up your time because time, as we know, is the most valuable asset and it we want to be able to use it without being trapped behind a desk. Yeah. Yeah. hundred percent. I got so little kids. Reason. You want to be able to spend time yeah, exactly. with them. Fam- family yeah. life and just yeah, uh, yeah. whatever it is, but it's not, it's not to be lazy. No, no anybody no, no, who, no. anybody who runs a business, you, yeah. you end up working way more than that nine to five yeah. Oh, yeah. <laughs> you know, like yeah. weekends yeah. and evenings. It, it doesn't, never, there's no shut off. I always say yeah, my phone, my phone's always on like the refrigerator, you know, yeah, it's, and it's something we signed up for and we enjoy it, but just for anyone on the outside, when we say self running and not being there, it's, it's for reasons beyond just sitting on a beach or no, vacationing. It, it, exactly. Let's, let's not get this misconception. Like you got to use your time wisely. I think you want to be a master of your t- own time mm-hmm. because you want to see people that are miserable and this is going to sound brutal, but like go on the 401 at 530. Oh, like, I morning. had to do it the other day and I was like, and imagine having to do a commute. Yeah, uh, it's, it's, I did it know, for years when I was in the union. And, yeah. and you know what? I, I absolutely respect anyone for whatever they do to provide for their family. That's I'm not slashing anybody's gig, but being in control of your own time, that is the new wealth, plain mm-hmm. and simple. And you know, there is a, there is a stat I read. And again, this is not to, to, to knock anyone, but they say some, some of the unhappiest people are the ones with the longest commute times. Mm-hmm. Right. Sure. And, right. And like, I, like I said, I had to go, I don't travel from for work anymore the way I used to. I used to go from Whitby to Oakville when I was in my early twenties every day, three hours on the road there and back. And I had to do it the other day once. And I was just like, Oh man, like it, it, your mood changes. Your it whole does. day is, is a different, it's a, it, it goes in a different direction. Yeah. Yeah. You think about that too. You got what an hour and a half. Cause I, I worked downtown. I worked for Toronto blue Jays when I was younger and was part of the conversion crew there. Um, we changed out the field from the Argos to the blue Jays and uh, commuted oh. and, and man, what is that? Sometimes an hour and a half. One way, mm-hmm. one way. So three hours a day at a snowstorm. Add, 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 that, add that up at the end of the month. Mm-hmm. That's right. How much time do you spend? You know, just getting to a job, not getting paid for it, sitting in your car or on a train or something. Yeah, you got so, it, man. Exactly. Yeah. yeah. So it's yeah, essentially just time used wisely is is the is what we're getting at here. Yeah. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah. Now, this is interesting though. I've, we've never talked about arbitrage, and it's something that I, I mean, I'm definitely not an expert on. So I'm glad I'm glad I met you and. Um, 
it's it's a it's a it's a side of real estate that I don't think is very common yet, maybe or at least not sp- spoken about as much know, as much. So yeah, it's it's cool to to know someone that does that. So if, I mean, if this is something you guys are looking to get into, I mean, we can definitely hook you up and connect with Drew. Yeah, absolutely. You know, I'm I'm uh, by no means am I an expert in the industry either, but I'm I'm starting it, and that's kind of how I guess you learn as you go. Absolutely. And, if uh, people if people have a property that they wouldn't mind being subleased, can they contact you for that? Like, oh yeah, hundred percent. Yeah, I got to talk to you about that. Yeah, yeah, okay, yeah cool. absolutely. It's very that's that's a good. So like, yeah, guys, if you have properties and you don't know what to do with it, or if you're tired of you know managing it all yourself like, now you know someone right so that's, the that's, network that's, expands yet again yeah yeah yeah, exactly. yeah, yeah. <laughs> just like i said right this is kind of what we were talking about it's just it's very cool to be meeting people like yourself and other guests it's just we, we always get introduced to new ways of thinking new lines of business and new yeah. new networks right absolutely so yeah Keep, it's, keeps it's exciting yeah so i got maybe we will come to omaha and texas with you one day <laughs> absolutely <Yeah>. man absolutely <laughs> as as we wrap up drew just uh something that we always ask our guests is, is there anything any words that you would share, any encouragement for someone who's starting out? doesn't matter what type of business, as an entrepreneur, is there anything you could share with them? Or maybe going through something in their life mm-hmm. like yourself did that, yeah. you know, that would knock people and keep them on their ass maybe? Now that, uh, you know, after my years and kind of reflecting back on uh, on what I've, what I've done and kind of how I got myself here, in the last year or so, one thing I did want to touch on is... Um, <clears throat> Started to take my health more seriously. Nice. You know, um, exercising, lost weight, uh, got more disciplined and regimented, got rid of a lot of the old habits, um, whether it be drugs and alcohol and that kind of stuff that wasn't mm-hmm. wasn't beneficial to me. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and, and one thing I will say is I didn't really realize that when I was younger, I wanted to be successful, right? I wanted to have these businesses, mm-hmm. but I wasn't I wasn't ready to accept the opportunities that were coming my way. Hell yeah, man. I wasn't I wasn't the man I needed to be right. to be able to see that opportunity or be able to do anything with it if it came my way. Right. So I feel like the discipline, you know, until you can literally working on yourself can sometimes, I know there's a lot of the rah, rah, rah behind yep. getting the gym, but it can be get disciplined, oh, be, bro, you know, get yourself regimented, it, get it clean up, you get focus. And then, and then from there, when these, these opportunities like this Airbnb arbitrage thing, I would have never been able to even tackle or fathom right. doing Speaking if I wasn't language, in the yeah. right lane or the right focus at the time. So if you, you know, you got to really work on yourself, put yourself in the position that when the opportunities come your way, you're able to accept them. You're able to take them on and be able to do something with it. 100%. Amen to that, man. Um, I'll, I'll tell you, man, like that is exactly what we needed to hear. Mm-hmm. You can't overstate the fact of discipline and getting your mind right, get yourself right. Because like you said, opportunity comes, you won't be able to handle it. You just won't. Yeah. You're, oh, you're, those are words, words of wisdom, man. Speaking our language with that stuff. We're yeah. very big on discipline and being regimented. And like I, you know, I, the term overprepare. So you're always prepared. I even made a post on Instagram. I, I try to make, we both try to make little daily posts on Instagram. And then mm-hmm. like I, it kind of coincides with what you just said. And like the one I made this morning was you can't win in life if you're losing in your mind. Right. Exactly. And, and at one point I feel like all three of us have had points in our life where we were losing in our mind, whether regardless, whether it be health or some or other, but uh, I think a lot of people struggle with their own worst enemy. Mm-hmm. Right. And it's the, the, the negative self-talk, the lack of discipline, the vices that, that, you know, hold people back. And it's, it's really only, on and up to them to make that change and get regimented and get disciplined. And, and you're right. Fitness, it is rah, rah, rah. But like, I come from a very heavy fitness background. I did competitive bodybuilding. I've been training for 17 years. I'm still, I still take it. I'm seven days a week. I'm in the gym. Yeah, nice. And, and I always say like, 
you know, Bejos, he, a big guy on YouTube, he yep. says like, when you see a guy who's in shape, who's, who's fit, you're more inclined to do business with him because why he's, you know, he has discipline, you know, he's good with delayed gratification. You know, he has yep. grit Yes. and you know, not to be like all masculine and manly because the same thing goes for a it's woman. Nothing, you know? Nothing wrong with that either. Right. Yeah. It's, it's, it just, when they have those traits, if someone's disciplined, if someone has grit, if someone is okay with delayed gratification, you're going to be, want to do business with them. Yeah. At least, at least more likely and more inclined to be. Yeah. Right? I couldn't agree for more. Sure. And to bring back to your point, what you were saying about that stick to itness, even if something as small as just gaining confidence in yourself, yep. just feeling good, looking good. And yep. that gives you some confidence, which allows you to maybe stay with something longer or see your vision exactly. through. Cause you got that little bit of extra exactly. confidence. And in you yourself. know what builds that self-confidence is exactly what you said is being regimented, being disciplined, getting up early because like Showing this up. is something I've said a hundred times on this show, but like, Confidence is a res- is the result of evidence. When you have evidence, you, you have the confidence, right? Like, I'm I'm very strict with when I get up, and like now I know that I'm the I'm the guy that is gonna do what I say I'm gonna do, and I can trust me. Like that's that's where the self confidence comes from. Like, forget what I tell you guys I'm gonna do, because like yeah. if I'm you know it's just same thing goes for a father who says I'm gonna I'm gonna quit smoking, or I'm gonna change my diet for my little yeah. girl, and then the little girl sees that he's not quitting smoking, like that's then right. you just become the guy who's who, just talk. full of shit. Yeah. yeah, you want to be the man that you're proud of. Yeah. You know, exactly. that you, that you that, would look that's up confidence to. That's right ideally there. what you're exactly. trying to be. That's confidence. It's, it's not conceitedness. It's it's you're the guy that you know you'll follow through, and that that's all you need to, yeah. to have self confidence. Like yeah. I, I'll do what I say I'm going to do, or at least try my damn hardest. Yeah. So yeah, man, that was a dope episode. Yeah. I, you know, Thank you very much. 100. Cool. Really appreciate. Yeah, guys, if you have any properties, this is definitely someone that we we're glad to have in our network now because I I have some stuff I want to talk to you about. So if you have any properties, you know, in Canada, in the U.S. or other or other places in the world, uh, connect with us or connect with Drew. We'll have his information down below, and we will see you next week. So thank you, everyone. Thanks, guys. Thanks, guys. Yeah.